Welcome back, Richard. Um, look at look at our screen. I'm telling you, it's nice to be in Santa Fe. We're we're um, using a um, a filter in um, in Zoom. Uh, this is the first time I've seen the filter, um, but it's uh, looks like we're talking by a nice little fireplace. We're outside on the on my back porch. Um, that's a virtual fire. Yeah. But, uh, no, it's nice. I like it. I like it. Yeah, but it's been um, a good mood. Yeah, well, you know, we're always trying to 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 clean up the aesthetics just a little bit. It's it's right. so difficult because we're in different places, and uh, you know, to try to to make the backgrounds and to make it look, you know, somewhat presentable has been difficult. But this something like this may help. So uh, right. so we're we're glad that it's working out this way. Um, and it's a far sight better than all that trash behind me and desks and books and it's a mess back there. But so no, this is better. I like it. Yeah, clean it up. Well, today we're going to talk about um, mental health um, and taking a mental health day. Um, mm -hmm. Just talking about taking a break. We have talked many times about you know COVID fatigue. We have talked right. about the stress and 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 pressure that everyone's feeling, how overwhelmed everyone is. And, and last week we talked about grief. Um, and so, you, you know, we want to talk a little bit about the importance of stepping back and taking a breather, you know, taking a right. break. <clears throat> yeah, we talked, as you say, we talked about grief. Um, and, um, you know, it, it, if things aren't getting worse, uh, they certainly don't feel like they're getting better. Right. Okay. We've also talked about malaise, the pandemic malaise on right. this uh, on the stock, that, that sort of dullness and fatigue and lack of motivation that we began to feel, especially before the vaccine. Right. Vaccine sort of gives so. Um, <clears throat> so we talked about grief, we've talked about malaise. This week we're gonna talk about stress. Yeah. Sort of pandemic stress. And um, in relation to what do you do for your mental health when we're in this stressful situation? And one of the recommendations from many professionals is to take a mental health day. Yeah. And we thought, well, that at, at first blush, a mental health day sounds like a really good idea. That's taking care of your taking care of yourself. And you know, if you were, if you had a fever, if you had a physical illness, you would take time off and nobody would question it. But you would dare not take, call your boss and say, hey, look, I'm a little bit down today. I think I'm going to take the day off. That's a very, very different um, set of circumstances and one that most of us want to avoid. So today we want to talk about this idea of taking a mental health day. Right. And, and as you said, you know, we're going to kind of um, present it in, a, in this, within this framework of, of stress. Mm -hmm. um, and we're, we're all <laughs> experiencing a great deal of stress. There, there's stress from the ongoing stress from the pandemic. Right. Uh, and it does, and no matter where you are in the pan pandemic, um, you're experiencing stress, you know, if you're vaccinated, you know, your, your fear of dying may have lessened, but, um, but you still could get COVID and you can still get very sick. We know people. And you can, you know, I talked to a woman the other day and she was out of work for five or six days and she's still not feeling just, she's at day 12 or something. Yeah. And if you're working, if you're expected to work every day, I, I think of teachers, right? If, if a teacher would get it, you have to be on your game every day. Right. Um, and if you're not feeling good or you, you feel a bit cloudy, you feel a bit fucked, what about uh, physicians and nurses yeah. you know, who are making decisions? Right. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. absolutely. And, you know, mm-hmm. parents are, are, we're sending our kids back to school. And so, you know, a lot of, a lot of kids are getting quarantined. Um, a lot of kids are getting sick. Um, uh, it, you know, if, if those over 65, they're going to get boosters soon, but they're still having mm-hmm. to wait and they're still at risk. You know, again, right. we have lots of breakthrough cases. Um, so, so you have all of these stressors that are happening, you know, no matter really no matter what steps you're taking to protect mm-hmm. yourself, right. the, the risks may be decreasing, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes decreasing significantly, you know, if right. you have, if you've been vaccinated and, you're masks <laughs> and things like that, right. But the, there's still risks because, well, because there's a lot of people who aren't vaccinated there's a lot of people who aren't wearing masks. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you never know. Right. Right. Yeah. We had the, the initial stress, when it first hit and we realized it was a deadly virus. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we were panicked for some months. Then we had the vaccine and we started to get, started to feel a little bit better right. that we couldn't get the vaccine, you know, when you wanted it. And we got the vaccine said, okay, we're, we're, we're rounding a corner here. And all of a sudden Delta appears mm-hmm. and now we have stress over Delta and then school starts and we have stress over that. <clears throat> and so Throughout this pandemic, we've had events that create stress for everybody. One way or the other, we're all experiencing some stress. Yeah, so <laughs> let's talk a little bit about what, what stress is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and of course, the, what my, many people don't realize um, is that, A, stress is an engineering term. You know, the, it comes right. from the, the perspective of the uh, breaking point, you know, how much um, pressure or stress, um, and right. something hold before it, before it reaches its breaking point. Yeah. I think of a steel cable, like on a bridge. Okay. How, how much pressure, how much, how, how hard do you have to stretch that before it breaks? Right. And in engineering, that's called stress. How much stress can you endure? Okay. Right. Now for us in the body, we tend to think of stress as a mental thing as a, mm-hmm. as a, an emotional thing, but, but right. stress is a biological thing. Stress is a, um, you know, we have this thing called the stress response and, and mm-hmm. it is a physiological biological process. Right. Um, you know, we, ha- we have our feelings, we have our emotions, we have, you know, our cognitions, our thoughts and things like that. But, but the stress that we experience, the stress response is a biological phenomenon. That's right. It as it's supposed to be because stress is related to the fight or flight response. You you experience stress in response to environmental events, including frightening events. Stress and that's what stress does. But you're right. When your body goes into that stress mode, biological events occur. Right. Um, and one of those biological events is you release what we call stress hormones, right? These are, these are real substances that circulate throughout your body and brain. Right. Yeah. There, there's a, there's this nice circuitry um, that connects your, your brain with your adrenal glands. Uh, that's mm-hmm. right, right atop your, um, your kidneys. And um, that, that stress response, that, that system, whenever it's experiencing something that's overwhelming, whether it's um, you know, whether you're walking through a haunted house and you feel the stress from uh, everything that's happening around you, or you, you twist your knee, um, or you, any of those things cause stress. 
Mm -hmm. Um, So it could be emotional stress, mental stress, or physical stress. Um, And it it releases chemicals and hormones um, from this, uh, from the circuitry that goes from your um, hypothalamus in your brain, all the way down to your adrenal glands, um, sort of in your back. Um, And and you're right. And once it reaches that point, once it reaches the adrenal glands, two important hormones are released, uh, Mm -hmm. cortisol and adrenaline. Right. right. And, and those two hormones are, are critical to the stress response. Um, right. Yeah. Adrenaline gives you the adrenaline gives you the, the energy, the power, the, the, the force to um, do something when you're threatened. Uh, you hear about people lifting cars up or running faster than they ever did or doing things that they couldn't do before. That's the adrenaline. It gives you uh, it gives you a boost. Okay. Then the cortisol comes in, in part to protect you in case you get injured. It's it's a it's a hormone. It's like a steroid that uh, fights inflammation. Okay, and so that it's it's kind of a nice system because on the one hand you're a little bit stronger, and on the other hand you get protected in case you're injured. Right. You have this natural substance coursing through your body. The problem is, is that cortisol in chronic amounts it's not cortisol is not meant to be present all the time it's meant to be released quickly and to be retracted quickly and that works if you're a wild animal a zebra you know you get away from the lion and the cortisol disappears in humans we have chronic stress so we have cortisol left in the system longer than it's supposed to be absolutely and the other thing that happens when you know, as you might imagine, um, while this process is, is underway, um, your, your body needs fuel. And so it uses what it uses for fuel is glucose or right. sugar. And so your, your, your blood sugar significantly increases when there's cortisol in your, you know, mm-hmm. around in your system. And so, you know, we see that people who have chronic stress, uh, for example, um, when it's in, in your system for a long time, we see people who experience, you know, increases in elevated blood pressure. Um, we see risks for uh, diabetes and some of those things because there's high levels of sugar um, and glucose mm-hmm. in the in the system. Um, it it can um, affect, you know, the way that blood moves through your arteries, and you can end up with um, deposits and clogs in in, in your um, arteries. Um, there's a lot of physiological, physical things that happen as a result of, you know, chronic, the chronic presence of cortisol in your system. Right. Yeah. Somebody asked me one time why high blood pressure is bad. And, um, and if you think about it, if your blood pressure increases, it's forcing more blood through your arteries and your veins. Okay. And that extra force breaks off the junk inside your arteries and veins particles. And, and if those particles reach your brain, where the veins or the arteries are much smaller, they can cause a clog. They can, they can cause a blockage and that blockage becomes a stroke. You know, if it breaks, it becomes a stroke. And so having high blood pressure is really um, very, very dangerous. I mean, it's something you have to take seriously. So yeah, when you go into this stress response with high blood pressure, um, um, anxiety, depression, uh, risk of addiction, Absolutely. Um, obesity. You know, somebody said, somebody said one time, well, I thought when you got stressed, 
you lost weight. You might, but initially your body's going to retain uh, fat stores when you're initially stressed. And you're probably going to, you may eat more and you may exercise less. And so you're at higher risk for obesity. Right. Yeah. So, so there's lots of, um, you know, problems that come about, um, you know, and things that affect your physical health. And we didn't even mention the, the toll that it takes on the immune system and, right. you know, the chronic, the chronic presence yeah. of, of cortisol, you know, takes a, um, takes a shot at your, your immune system. And so it's easier to get sick. It's easier, right. to, you're more susceptible to illness when you're chronically stressed. Yeah. I think that, I think to me, that's the biggest problem with chronic stress is it suppresses the immune system. Right. And then your body becomes a host for opportunistic infections because yeah. your, your immune system has been uh, com- compromised. Yeah. And, and I think that what we have to, we have to think about it from a, from an evolutionary perspective, you know, mm-hmm. well, the purpose of this stress response is to make sure that we're safe. Right. Well, so if, and it's supposed to be, you know, short lived, you know, if you're mm-hmm. being by a lion, you, you know, you're not going to be chased by a lion for three days. Right. You're going to, it's, that's going to be like a, a 30 second mm-hmm. um, chase. Either you're going to get away or you're not. Um, <laughs> right. And um, so when you, are in those kinds of circumstances, the stress response, you know, uh, changes your system, but then it corrects itself and it gets back to normal. Right. Um, right. When you're being chased by a lion, um, your, your digestive system doesn't need to be at full function. So mm-hmm. it can slow down it. Your, um, your, again, your immune system, it's not going to be worried about fighting off infections right now because for that 30 seconds, um, or so you just need to be getting to safety right. uh, and then it can right. pick up later. So now when we expand that out and we say, okay, we're not stressed for 30 seconds. Now we're stressed for weeks, days, months. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Now you're talking about longer term where that immune system is compromised. It's, it's right. decreased because it's <clears throat> your body doesn't know that this is a stress mm-hmm. that, that, you know, isn't a lion chasing you. Your body is just responding biologically. Right. Yeah. I think in feral animals, except for hunger, I'm not sure that we have anything like chronic stress, like finals week, you know, or, or anything where you're under stress for a long period of time. Right. Um, I don't think there's anything in the animal kingdom comparable to that. Right. So it's, it's almost uniquely human that we have this, chronic stress response that does so much damage to our bodies. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so and- stress, stress is not to be trifle. I mean, it's, it's an important an incredibly important thing that not only affects you emotionally, but it, da- it does do physiologic damage to parts of your brain and your body. Absolutely. And, and, you know, there are, there are many sources of stress. Um, you know, we've talked about, um, you know, stress from finals week, stress mm-hmm. from work, stress from, you know, relationships and, um, you know, stress at school. Um, right. And then we have COVID, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so COVID here's now another chronic stressor. We're talking about, you know, 18 months now right. of chronic stress. Mm-hmm. I get sick. What's going to happen? Um, you know, are, are we protecting ourselves? All those things that we think about. 
And, and so we've now introduced, we have yet another source of stress introduced to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and one of the thing is, you know, sleep is another massive also source mm-hmm. of either stress or stress relief. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you're chronically tired, that's another stressor. And, and we don't often think about mm-hmm. that, but um, so, so again, with, with all of these things going on, we have now, now COVID introduces another stressor for us mm-hmm. um, that, you know, we don't have any control over. Right. That's right. And that's the biggest challenge with COVID. Right. It's the impotence. It's, it's, we can't do anything about it. It reminds me of those experiments with rats uh, where they shock their feet. And at first they tried to get away from the shock, but after repeated shocks and the inability to escape, they just accepted it. Yeah. And got sick. Yeah. That's uh, learned helplessness. That's from Martin Sleekman. Um, Yeah. And so we've been under stress now. um, You're right. For a little over 18 months. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Chronic stress. All right. And so you're tempted. Um, you want to deal with it you, somehow. You want to you want to try to deal with it. And so one of the ways to deal with it, one of the ideas is to take a mental health day. Right. Okay? A mental health day from school. The, the, the article that we were that we were uh, struck by was an article by a pediatrician slash parent who s- suggested that maybe it would be a good idea to take a mental health day, okay? And part of the problem, there are two issues there that we have to discuss. One is, are schools dangerous? Okay, and that was, that was the first thing we wanna talk about is, are they dangerous and, and are, they, are they a source of stress? Should they be a source of stress? And the second issue is, um, we wanna take, take a look at, the, at all of the implications of taking a mental health day. Not just is, is, it, is it a good stress reliever, but what are the other um, implications? What else might happen? What are the other consequences of taking a mental health day? Right. Um, and and as, as adults, you know, we often seriously and sometimes, sometimes jokingly, sometimes seriously talk about taking a mental health day from work. Um, you know, we take a day off, we stay home, um, mm-hmm. just kind of sleep in a little bit. Um, I, I think that most of the time when people take mental health days, um, they're not really taking mental health days, they're just kind of staying home and doing chores and doing things right. around the house, which doesn't necessarily catching up, catching up with chores, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, when we think about the stress and pressure that kids are under, yeah, I think it is important that we think about, um, you know, especially when articles like this come out, it's important to think about how we approach something like this, how mm-hmm. we approach the idea of a mental health day for, for kids, because th- these today, things are very different today than they were, you know, three years ago. Um, when, when, um, we may have very different ideas about what it would mean for a kid to take a mental health day. Right. That's right. So should, should, you know, we were talking about stress and earlier in the program, we talked about um, we've sent our kids back to school, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. Uh, it's good for kids. It's good for parents. But um, now we have um, quarantine days. Yeah. Okay, so we have p- kids missing class and missing parts of classes, missing full days of school, kids being sent home. I know one family, because of the age of their children, uh, I think kindergarten and first or second grade, they go to the same school. 
I think we've been in school now for almost five weeks, five weeks, right? Mm -hmm. They've been out of school three weeks. Right. Their children have been out quarantined because first it's the, the second grader gets quarantined and then, then, the kinder, then the kindergarten gets quarantined. And so this family, I think their kids have been in school two weeks out of five. Right. Okay. That, that's what we're talking about with stress. Okay. So it raises the question of our, what, a, you know, our school safe, should we have gone back to school? All those issues related to return to school. There was a great deal of coverage on this issue because the thinking was that in, in 2020, and Bernie, you're in the schools, but in 2020, people had a choice, correct? You could either send your children back to school right. or do it online, right. do e-learning, okay? Right. But in 2020, and then the second semester, more people started to go back to school. Yeah. Well, throughout okay. the year, last year, throughout the... 2020-2021 school year, so from August 2020 until May 2021, right. we had students going back and forth. We had students right. who would be at the school, then we'd have they would change to virtual, then they would come back to school. Um, mm -hmm. it, it was a mess. And the teachers had to do both, right? Right. They had to manage both. Okay. Right. So it was decided that in 2021, we would all go back to school. There right. would be no e-learning. At least here okay. in Florida. Right. So everybody's going to go back to school. So that's right. Because with this pediatrician, one of her kids was in a hybrid situation. Florida didn't have any of that. Right. Uh, the governor decided that the governor and the secretary of education decided everyone's going back to school. Right. Which sent chills through everybody because we thought what's it's an experiment. We didn't know what was going to happen. Right. Kids could not be vaccinated. Kids could carry the disease and be asymptomatic. And we knew that most of them weren't going to wear masks. Um, teachers wanted to go to work, even if they weren't feeling up to par. Yeah. And so going back to school became sort of a dangerous proposition. And lo and behold, at the beginning of the school year, I know of one case here in Florida and another case in California where an unvaccinated teacher supposedly spread COVID to her students. She was, she went to school with symptoms. The symptoms got worse. She continued going to school. And I guess in, in one of the days that she was at school, she took her mask off. They were all masked. She took hers off to read a story. And they, the thinking is, is that when she took her mask off to read the story, it broadcast the uh, virus. And um, 12, uh, about half her students, 12 out of 22, tested positive and eight out of 22 had symptoms. Right. These kids then bring the disease home and four parents and some of their siblings got sick too. The outcry was against the teacher that she was unvaccinated, took a mask off. But we have to be careful about those things because that was a single teacher. And when they did the full investigation after the teacher, this thing went viral, this, this story it made national it was learned later that several students had had a sleepover. Mm -hmm. They had exposed each other. Um, even though the school had masks, particular air filters and social distancing, some kids got it, some didn't. So even though they took precautions, some kids got it, some didn't. So the, the bottom line here is that when 
this is a mysterious disease and we have to trust the science and we can't keep clinging to these anecdotes. Right. You know, this is a single case. There was a case like this in our county where a teacher was suspected of spreading COVID to the whole class. Right. And, and I think that the <laughs> biggest challenge is that, you know, many times initially the symptoms resemble allergies, you know? So if a person has a history of allergies, you know, it's going to take a little bit of time for you to say, mm -hmm. this is a little bit different than what I typically experience with allergies, because, right. you know, I mean, look at the time of year. Um, this is we're in, in flu season um, here in Florida. We're sort of in allergy. There's been days of the school year already where, you know, the pollen count is just through mm -hmm. the roof. And so there's lots of allergies and lots of those kinds of things happening. And so it would be really easy to um, to mistake that. And the consequence, you know, I think we must remember that the consequence for saying, you know what, I have, I'm having a stuffy nose and I have a little bit of a cough. They will tell you, don't come into work. Right. They'll make you get tested. And, um, and if you choose not to, then you, then the teacher, him or herself will have to be quarantined for 10 days or more. Right. So, and, and, and again, the way that they've done it here in the state of Florida, um, it's not a guarantee that you will get paid during that time. Mm -hmm. So you take the risk. Right. And so right. a lot of teachers would be hesitant to take that risk. Right. That's right. Uh, of saying, you know, I think I'm, I think I'm not feeling well um, because they don't know what right. will happen. My son, my son came over the other day and said, I think I have a sinus infection. And you know where that story ended up. Right. You know, he had COVID. Um, yeah. He thought it was a sinus infection. It's what it felt like to him. Um, and and so, field. I'm sorry? And he works in the medical field. And he works in the medical field. Right. And, but he never, he, he'd been living with this for 18 months, thinking I must be okay. Must be another sinus infection. And it wasn't. Um, and so, we have to be careful of these anecdotes, these little stories that drift out. Uh, Nicki Minaj, <laughs> speaking of anecdotes, she's mm -hmm. been, Nicki Minaj has been in the news because right. she, she said a friend of my cousin had some event following about the vaccine, okay? And it, she has 22 million followers on Twitter. Yeah. And so 22 million people heard this story, plus the news media, plus right. it was on late night TV, plus it was on Fox News. I mean, it, it just it, it just went viral. Mm -hmm. But it was a single case and it had nothing to do with the vaccine, vaccine. But Nicki Minaj and all of her followers, well, we better be careful because it might be true. Those are anecdotes. We have to stay away from anecdotes. Right. We should talk about the science. Anecdotes are part of the, they create stress, right. okay? You hear about people getting vaccinated and people having a response to the, um, an adverse response to the vaccine. Um, yeah, there have been a few, but there's a few with everything. There's adverse reactions to aspirin, okay? So yes, there are gonna be some adverse reactions. Um, but we can't go by the exception, we have to go by the rule. And right. the rule is what science tells us. But it's, <clears throat> so it creates stress. Well, let me let me jump in there real quick because um, you need to cough and because um, <laughs> because I did. oh yeah, I put it on mute. That was amazing. You, you're you're a, a mute ninja. Um, 
<laughs> I, but I think that the, the important thing with that is that, um, you know, those anecdotes are, like you said, they're, they're relatively small in number. They, sometimes they get lots and lots of attention to make it seem like there's a, they're happening a lot more than right. they are. But yeah. when you think about um, the reality that, um, you know, it, this could happen to five people mm-hmm. in a, in a, in a area that has, you know, 2000 people, right. You know, right. so five out of a thousand, that's not the rule, you know, that's mm-hmm. the exception, but those five people are the exception. And so we have to be careful that we're not focusing on those, those anecdotes, those exceptions to the rule and, and holding to that and thinking, well, that must be the reality because right. it happened to them. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. Nicki Minaj has one individual, but it reaches 22 million. Right. Okay. And it gets light. It gets traction. And, and, and when, and when it gets traction like that, and then it's on late night TV and then it's on the news, it's like, this must really be a problem. Yes. Yeah. Plant that seed. Right. One person. Right. One person. I don't want that to happen to me. So I bet I better be safe. I, I, do, I just don't know. And that's what it does. It leads to poor decision-making. Um, and especially with vaccines, because you hear all these anecdotes, these stories about a particular individual, and then you make a decision. It's poor decision-making. Right. And it creates stress. And, and so another, another source of stress is the, these anecdotes, these pieces of information, okay? And so given that we have another stressful year, we've said in the past that this is year three that education has been disrupted. Right. Um, I I guess colleges are not as disrupted, right? I mean, kids are returning. Some are. There seems to be less going on in colleges. But so this pediatrician um, writes this article advocating that we take a mental health day. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like really good advice, but her children are still, her her son was doing online schooling Mm -hmm. and got tired of it. Okay. He just... He was fed up with online school. It was fun at first because he could go to school in his pajamas and he could get his work done and then be free. But the novelty wore off after about two weeks and he got bored and lonely and wanted to get back to school. His sister was doing um, a hybrid course, um, some in class, some online. And um, she did, she ran into all kinds of problems. And so this pediatrician mother um, looks at her kids, both of whom are struggling, and she's, we just need a day off, okay? Um, and so her rationale, and, and I agree with her, the school system that our children function in is very different than the school system that we functioned in, even, even a generation ago. And we've talked many times about the curriculum got pushed down right. over the past 20 years, what we did in first and second grade, kids are doing in kindergarten, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're expected to be able to write sentences in kindergarten. I, didn't, I don't remember writing until I was in probably second or third grade, right? right? Um, we now have high stakes testing. We didn't, you and I didn't have high stakes testing. We have all the safety issues of gun violence in schools. Um, more kids are encouraged to take AP classes. Mm-hmm. And then you have this GPA pressure where if you get all A's, you get a 4.0. But if you want to go to the elite institutions, you need something above a 4.3 or a 4.4. Right. Well, how do you how do you do that? Well, you're given extra credit if you get AP classes. So, so there's this 
enormous pressure on kids that we didn't face. But that was all done. All those changes were made in tranquility. Right. Now we have a virus. Now we have a pandemic. And all of that changes. Okay. So, so we built this system of high, high achieving, push harder, get extra classes, take extra AP classes, dual enrollment, take college classes, get your first two years of college out of the way while you're in high school, take algebra one when you're in seventh grade. Yeah. All that happened in, when, when we were sort of in a tranquil period. Right. Now that you have a pandemic, everything changes. Okay. And yet kids still have the same pressure to perform. If you're a high school junior or senior, nobody's saying to you, well, we have a pandemic. Let's lower the bar. Right. The bar remains. Right. Okay. Under the, under these very unusual circumstances. Okay. Right. And also they don't have the buffers. They don't have the accommodations. They don't have the advantages. When, when you're in this high pressure situation, you were able to run around with your friends and go out on weekends and go to football games. All that was taken away. Right. So all the things that compensated for the hard work were taken away. So you have all the pressure, none of the advantages and all the disadvantages. Yeah. And so she advocates, hey, let's give everybody a break. Let's give kids a break. On the surface, that sounded like good advice. Then we got to thinking about it. That's right. Uh, on the surface, it sounds like great advice. Um, but it's it's very different when when you when you are doing everything virtually. You know, it, it's very different when when you're when you're at home um, already because you know. Mm -hmm. um, but when you take um, and and th there are problems even when you're at home to do this, but because there are already so many circumstances wherein kids are missing school. That's right. Um, and that's the big issue that I have with, with some of the recommendations, because um, as you said earlier, you know, we've been in, we've been in school for five weeks here in Florida. Mm -hmm. um, and of those five weeks, you know, you mentioned a person that's been out three of the five weeks. Um, I, yeah. I have students that I work with who've been out two or three weeks of the five weeks already. Mm -hmm. they're not even they're not even getting into a rhythm of school yet right these kids um you know at one of my schools we have an entire kindergarten class out mm -hmm. um and kindergarten and it's like okay i can understand why they would feel concerned about them and want to quarantine them but for a kindergartner to miss one or two weeks of school mm -hmm. that's that's a profound especially this early in the school year that's right. a profound that's gonna have a profound impact on their performance and on their um, adjustment to school. Um, you know, how long ago was it that we said we have to do away with recess and we have to do away with right. uh, the, all these uh, specials, you know, art, music and everything, because we need more instructional time. Right. That's when kids were going to school 180 days a year. We needed to increase the minutes of instruction. That's now we're missing whole days. That, that was the big push before, right? Um, you know, and, and I think that, I, I, I don't think that we're really considering that of those effects. Um, and, and I'm not saying that kids that are sick should be at school. I'm not saying that at all. But, um, and, and if kids 
are at risk for being sick. If we think that they've been exposed, we need to make sure that they're safe before they come back. Um, we know people who have, um, who have um, contracted um, the uh, virus and have absolutely no idea where they got it from. Right. And right. You know, they work in schools. And so, again, as you said earlier, a lot of kids are going around like people are asymptomatic. They, they have it, but they don't know that they have it. So if there's a right. risk, there's the possibility that somebody has it, then they should be out to, until we can make sure that it's safe for them to return. Mm-hmm. For those reasons, you know, it, it's, this is probably a time where we need to figure out a different way to take a mental health break right. as opposed mm-hmm. to taking a day off from school. Right, right. Yeah, I think, it's, I think we need to think very carefully about, I think many adults should take a mental health day. Right. Um, there was an article written by a physician the other day that says, you know, we have to acknowledge that, you know, um, every once in a while we have to give people a mental health day, okay, yeah. that, that that's, that's legitimate. I think that's true for adults, okay? Yeah. For most adults, they probably should be allowed, should be given permission to tend to their mental, to take a mental health day. I think with children under these circumstances, it's probably not a good idea to miss a day, to miss yet another day of school. Right. There have to be other ways that you can relieve the pressure right. um, off your kids. Now, if your kids are really struggling, then I would consult with somebody and I would say, hey, here's what I'm dealing with. Do I need to give my kids a break? Do I need to do something else? And I think you should probably get some advice from professionals, including the, the school, the child's uh, teacher and principal, guidance counselor. Um, get the advice of others as to how best to deal with it because you don't want to over... We already have stress. You don't want to overstress. And some kids are more sensitive than sure. others. Some kids are resilient. They can handle whatever you throw at them and others can't. So yeah. if you have a child who's a little brittle, who's a little um, you know, fussy and ritualistic about this stuff, you know, then you may want to take, you may want to consider this. But for most kids, um, I would think long and hard about voluntarily giving up yet another day of school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's just going to put them a little farther behind. So look for other ways to, to, to relieve that pressure. A- a- absolutely. And, and that can, sometimes that can be done by, you know, just doing things in the evening, um, you know, right. after school, instead of, um, you know, all of those other obligations that we tend to, to place mm-hmm. on our kids, you know, giving them a break and taking to them, taking them to the park or right. you know, um, something that they enjoy just to kind of have that breather, um, you know, movie nights or uh, family game nights. And some of those kinds of things can be very rejuvenating, can be very stress relieving, um, but it right. doesn't have, doesn't require a complete disruption of your entire day. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and, and it will help the parents as well as the kids, um, right. you know, going right. for walks and, you know, all those kinds of things that we often recommend that we right. do with our kids, that they, those things can help. Um, mm-hmm. But it's probably not a great idea, at least right now, to, mm-hmm. to take them, pull them from school for, for a mental health day. Right, exactly. Yeah, I remember when my kids were in school and I would offer that to them occasionally. I would say, hey, do you see a mental health day? And they'd say, no, I'm okay. I, you know, I can do it. But, I, but it was there. I offered it if they really needed it. But in these, under these very special circumstances, um, there, there probably are other alternatives right. that we ought to consider. We, we need to learn how to manage the stress. 
Absolutely. Stress is there. It's, it's going to be there. I'm sure it's going to be there for the remainder of this academic year. Uh, remember, we're entering the holidays now with all those special issues. So stress is going to be with us, and we need, we need to have ways of managing the stress and taking care of ourselves. Um, but I think we need to be creative at the same time and, and not, uh, put, not put kids and teachers, because you're also putting the teacher in a bit of a bind, because now the teacher has to tend to whatever that student missed that day in, in right. some way. And so you're putting uh, teachers who are already overwhelmed, we're adding to their uh, stress levels. So all that we do, we just ask you to think carefully about um, taking a day off school. Right. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, I think that that's it for today then. Um, the link to some of the articles that we're talking about will be in the show notes. So check those out and see what you think. So, all right. Until next time, stay happy, stay healthy, and forget to be afraid.